97X. Band. The future of rock and roll. Welcome to Dong Teeny, episode 12. On today's show, Simone recounts her recent celebrity encounters. Steffi talks about her recent work trying to destroy a cult. And both discuss creepy compliments they've received. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hi, Simone. How are you, Dong? I'm good, thank you, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, you were sending hilarious texts to me last week about all these famous people you were hanging out with. Indeed um, I was. Who are all these people you're hanging out with? Gosh, who wasn't I hanging out with, Stephanie? <laughs> seriously. Um, seriously. No, um, well, when you hear who the first person was, it's actually nothing to be, to be proud of or to brag about. <laughs> but um, I was at a party. <laughs> Well, I was at a party, and uh, I won't say who this, whose party it was, because it'll just be too much name-dropping for one episode. But uh, at this party, I saw a guy walk in, and my friend was following just behind. But when I saw the first guy, my mouth kind of went agape, and my eyes kind of bugged out. And he kind of nodded and went outside, and my oh. friend walked towards me and said, uh, nodded and said, yes, it is. Because he did? He knew, by the look, he, looked, he knew by the look on my face that I was wondering, is that Fred Durst? <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So Fred Durst was at this party. And uh, yeah, once I realized that it was confirmed that, that it was indeed him, I, I actually had to go outside a different door to where he had gone. And I just kind of let out this burst of laughter because, yeah, it's not every day you see like an internationally famous douchebag like that just walk, <laughs> you know, 15 feet away from you. So <laughs> Next time I catch someone staring at me, I'm just going to go. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I can't believe that. Oh wow. Yeah. So um, yeah. So he was there, and you know, he just you know he just looked like the same old douche that you you sort of feel. And all of my little gaggle of friends were were sort of whispering and giggling about it. And I just I don't know. I smildly felt bad for him because you know it's like how would you feel if you just walked into a room and ninety percent of the people thought you were a douchebag, you know, and <laughs> you're a famous one. I, I don't know if that's a really great feeling to have. But I don't know if he knows that. But yeah, that's how I was just that's thinking, how we maybe were, he doesn't even we know feeling. No. He's yes. gotta know. I mean he's widely a douche on the internet. So Did he seem so apologetic? Did he seem like, yeah, it is or did he go, Yes, it is. No, he just kind of kept walking, so I didn't oh, okay. get, any, get any of that. But um, but yeah, but later on in the evening, we were sitting in a room and, and listening to some music on the computer, and, and he was in a seat, and I was standing, and then he offered me uh, he offered me a seat, which I thought was very gentlemanly of him. Yeah. But, but great, yeah. But uh, but when it's funny because when I was texting you about that, I said, oh, he just offered me his seat, and then you said, what did you say? I was. A, <laughs> I said, oh, crap, he was being a gentleman. I was about to say that the douche meter just broke. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you then go, I texted back. Don't worry, it broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just because somebody offers a seat, it doesn't wash away all the <laughs> Was he wearing his red hat? Pop culture. It's, no, he was wearing a white hat. Or was it a, 
I thought it was a white socks hat, so I think it was a black hat with some sort of white lo white logo that wasn't the white socks, but looked like it was from a distance. So yeah, I didn't realize his red hat was so famous because somebody yeah, else is. asked me, was he wearing no, his red hat? Yeah, Aaron Mason always wears this red hat, and everyone tells him he looks like Fred Durst. Oh. Gosh. And he, I think he kind of likes it actually. What? Why? <laughs> People tell him that because he's hilarious. Yeah. <sighs> well, Greg talked to him for a bit and sort of, yeah, said he was kind of, yeah, just a bit of a zero. You know, there's just kind of nothing there. <laughs> you know, like he was nice. He was nice, but you know, when you just talk to people and there's just nothing. Yeah, it was kind of like that. So, anyway, but. Uh, pushing that aside, I got to go to Nashville um, last week to because uh, Neil Hamburger was recording uh, at Third Man Records, which is Jack White's label. So we got to hang out with Jack White, who is so cool and so nice. So I was pretty giddy about that. He's just such a gentleman, and he's like a gentleman and not a douche. So yeah, yeah it was really yeah. great. So um, that's what I've. Been what up was the to. studio like? Because I've heard that it's what? completely like a 60s vortex, like LAX and 62 or something like that. Well, the, um, I, well, actually, the way it was recorded was, uh, it was like a live show that was recorded. So there's a venue portion of it. So oh, okay. that's, that's, that's where that was recorded. But then there's this little, this little backstage sort of area that's like a hangout area. And it's like this kitchen is like a hospital. Like it's got this white tile with like red <laughs> crosses put in the tile. Oh, right. And uh, yeah, and just these beautiful, and then these little, little bar stools, like they fold in towards the bar and they, they, they swing out so that you can sit on them in front of the bar stool. And they had little like hospital crosses on it. It was just a beautiful, beautiful beautiful room and yeah it was just really everything every detail was taken care of Aww. and yeah I was really delighted to have gone there my friend Sarah went with um, her husband who was recording a show there and she said that all uh -huh. the people who work at Third Man Studio is it records or studio whatever yeah records yeah Third Man Records they're all dressed like stewardesses from the 60s Wow. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't when I was there. But oddly enough, I was actually dressed like a stewardess from the 60s without, nice. uh, without realizing that. That oh. same outfit I was wearing, I was on a plane last year. And I went to talk to my coworker who was a few rows back from me. And then as I turned to leave, the lady in front of her goes, excuse me, my belt, it doesn't fit. Like I was supposed to help her because she thought I was a stewardess. And I was like, oh, I don't work here. And then everyone around us laughed. Ha, ha, ha. Was she asking but, for a seatbelt extender? She was. She was asking me for a seatbelt extension. You know, seatbelt extenders are hilarious. They are hilarious. So, yeah, so I, at least I look like a 60s stewardess last week with beehive and, and stewardess style Sweet. dress. But, well, he but said I'm he liked your hair, right? He did. He did. Yeah, when I first met him, he said I had cool hair. Oh. I, I, I melted. So what's he look like in person? Is he wearing that like white powder on his face, or how long's his hair? No, no, no. He didn't have any white hair. He had good hair. He had he had uh, some classic Jack White hair. So that's pretty so yeah, but he's really sweet and really nice, and just really makes me feel comfortable because you know I get awkward around people very easily, and he made me feel really comfortable, which is you know extra hard when you're that famous and awesome. So yeah, yeah. I really like the guy. But the coolest thing that happened was that I got to uh, finish this little thing I'd been working on, which is I had this great idea, and now I have told all the people involved in the idea, and now I just have to hope that they do it. What do you think of this ride? I have now told Jack Black and Jack White that together they need to do a cover of Ebony and Ivory. What do you think? Uh, 
They so do. I know. I just just do it straight. <sighs> it would be perfect. I what did they said when you told them? Well, I told Jack White maybe. Sorry, Jack Black. I told Jack Black maybe about two years ago, and he laughed and he thought it was a great idea. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, no, I email with him. I should, I should suggest it. And then, um, and then I told Jack White. He like threw his head back and laughed. And I thought, oh, oh, I think he really yes. likes it. And then uh, he's like, Yeah, yeah, no, I email with him sometimes. Yeah, I, I should suggest that. <laughs> but you just don't know if they're humoring you or not. But I think it's yeah. the greatest idea in the history. I think of the it's world. the greatest idea. Yeah, so let, let's see. But if that ever happens, remember it was oh. my idea. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's the first time anyone ever said it to Jack White because he yeah, laughed so hard. Exactly. So Jack Black never said it. That's why I'm concerned. But anyway, okay. I, I did what I could do. I have a Jack White question, real quick. Um, does he remind you of Andrew W.K. in person? Not at all. Really? Okay. Because no. I got. In person with Andrew Andrew WK, I got kind of a Jack Whitey vibe off him, but really, yeah, no, yeah, no, just kind of. They're both okay. friendly in the same way. They're both very both put you at ease and really friendly. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, right away, because like Andrew and you later, you were like, "What were you and Andrew talking about?" Because <laughs> he, because because he, he was really focusing and taking it seriously. Like he'd asked me very seriously. Why did you come out here to see Supergrass all the way on the East Coast? Why, why do you like them so much? Like, he really wanted to know. Wow, that's <laughs> so, really nice. Yeah, yeah. So I could kind of see Jack White doing that, but I don't know. It's just the impression. No, it's, it's interesting when you find celebrities who are actually interested in other people because there's a Seriously? large number of them, from my experience, whose favorite subject is themselves. Not at all yep. surprising. But yeah, no, Andrew W.K., Jack White, not the case. I put a Rack on Tours song on my September mix. I just posted my September mix, so maybe we can oh, put cool. that on the Dongtini site. Yes, we will definitely, definitely do steal. that. Yeah, Stephanie makes great mixes, so Aww. do download that um, for your listening pleasure. Now, while I was doing all that, you went to see uh, my friend Duncan Trussell, yeah. a comedian, a play in Seattle. Tell us about that. I, I love Duncan. He's the best because, well, he does my favorite podcast, Lavender Hour, with um, your friend Natasha. They're dating. So, yes. um, and I met them when we did game night like a couple weeks or months ago now when I was down there. And that was the night that um, they wanted to change the trivia team's name. And Duncan goes, why don't we change it to there will be a major earthquake next week? <laughs> Yeah, nobody laughed. I think it made everyone uneasy. (laughs) It was so, that's what I thought was so funny about it, because that girl who was the announcer for the trivia thing, she was just total typical L.A. blonde type, and she would, like, trying to be really serious. She goes, there will be a major earthquake next week, and then the room would fall (laughs) silent. Oh, my God, I love it. (laughs) So, anyway, I just love Duncan because he's super playful, and he's, I don't know, he's into all that spirituality stuff. So I yeah. just like how he brings that element to the Lavender Hour. He's always talking about conspiracy theories and and the third eye and, you know, <laughs> being contemplative and acid and not that I do acid or ever have. But um, so I went to see him and I went with Aaron from the Grapes of Rad because he was randomly going for some other reason. I was like, oh, I didn't know that you were into Duncan. And so we went and I, I took him all these prizes. And um, so I saw him backstage and. Um, gave him all these things and he's so sweet you know he's like hi and you know how he is and yeah and, um, and so I gave him like with all this stuff I gave him my favorite book and I told him uh-huh. this is my favorite book because you're always talking about evil on the lavender hour like he'll he'll say you know Citibank is evil and 
you know, whatever, like little things too will be evil, but he knows that there's something more to it. And he's always talking about that. And so I go, this uh-huh. is my favorite book. Cause it's, it talk, it's called people of the lie by Scott Peck. And it's, mm-hmm. um, the subtitle is, um, hope, hope for healing human evil. And I go, I go, I think that you're going to like this book. And, and I'm just going to tell you the very last paragraph quotes, um, CS Lewis from the uh-huh. Lion, the witch in the wardrobe from the Narnia series where they go, um, if a, if an innocent victim is willing to take an offense on himself for the good of the other, then the table will crack and death itself will start working backwards. And he goes, you just gave me goosebumps. I'm crying. You're making me cry before I go on stage. Can you say that again? And it was so sweet. It was just, wow. I know. And we had this little connection or I thought, but anyway, I just dig, I dig Duncan. He's hysterical. And so, um, yeah. he like did such a good set and it was packed and everyone loved him. And, um, so afterwards I gave him a ride to his hotel and, and he uh-huh. was really darling. And I was like, I'm sorry, my, my car is such a piece of crap. He's like, Oh no, yesterday Natasha was on Jay Leno and I was driving my car and, and my muffler fell out on sunset. Right. While I was like trying to see my girlfriend on the tonight show. And I was like, this is so ironic. <laughs> so he was so fucked up. He's just a doll. I love Duncan. So you're going to be yeah. on his podcast though next week, right? Yes. Well, Greg and I are going to be on the lavender uh, it was going to be this Sunday, but now we have to postpone it because Duncan's out of town. But it's oh, okay. going to happen soon, so we'll let you know when that has happened. So, uh, yeah, but that'll be really fun and exciting. I've been having all this drama on my blog as of yesterday because there's this yes. local local cult. <laughs> yes. I say they're a local cult. cult, Mars Hill. <laughs> yes, there's this cult called Mars Hill that's here in Seattle. It's based out of here. And people who go there, it's so funny. Oh, you should look them up on Yelp because all the all the opinions are so polar. It's either one star or five stars, and everyone's wow. like, everyone's like, stay away from this place, man. This place, it's all going to go down like Jonestown, you know, one star, and then there'll be five stars, and they're like, this place has totally changed my life for the better. These people are all about Jesus. <laughs> And you people are, you just are are really short-sighted. Like, it's totally cult. Like, if you look up the definition of cult. it's really misogynistic and It's so misogynistic. And And it's centered around this this pastor guy named Mark Driscoll, who's, like, Uh the total charismatic figure that every cult has, where, and all the people try to be like him, and they all start talking the same way and using, I mean, I know that people in groups kind of tend to do that just in any culture, but it's a little creepy because they try to get you away from your family. Like, they try to, like create dichotomy between you and your unsaved family and also oh, if someone leaves the I didn't church that. oh yeah and here's another creepy th- i know so much dude because i know so many people who've been there and have left but if you leave the church everyone who's still at the church is told not to talk to you ever <gasps> and they say and this is what they say they say treat them as if they are non-believers <gasps> wow and, and just don't That's talk so to them cult-like. but jesus did not say that hi but you no. know what's hilarious is mars hill is always saying we're all about jesus they all, they say that constantly, but Wasn't it's like if you Jesus have to all say about that, going out and like you know <laughs> gathering, collecting people, and you know you have to connect with people to to get them back or get them in the fold, right? Yeah, like Jesus didn't like with his disciples. It was like seven. He hung out with them with, for seven years before they started doing disciple-y stuff. You really? Know? Like they just hung out for seven years, dude. I, wow. Anyway, so. Um, I have this problem with Mars Hill. <laughs> so Seriously. I like to, and I have, um, you know, my blog stuff, Christian culture likes. I like, I have this forum where I can kind of talk about them. 
in a public way, and people get upset about that sometimes. So um, it's pretty funny because I'm scrolling down to try to find it. But yesterday I posted um, about how Mars Hill is opening a branch in Portland, and Portland's mad uh-huh. about it because they're going into the, like you know this neighborhood where there are a lot of gay people. And Mars Hill oh. is pretty anti-gay. Like, they are pretty unapologetic about it. And, and, mm-hmm. and they're just so, like, black and white. So anyway. Yeah. So yeah. they're opening this branch. And I posted a video of them asking for money, which was hysterical, the way they phrased it. You have an opportunity to step into blessing. And we're praying for $150,000. <laughs> and they go, we need a video system and signage. And I'm like... Fuck you! You do not need a fucking video God. system for a church. And they were, and they're saying this other stuff about how, um, yeah, well, Mars Hill start- like yes, you, you have an opportunity yes. to, uh, to uh, what is it uh, to step, step into, into- um, blessing. Blessing. So what a I like if you don't take this opportunity, you will have not stepped exactly. Into and so Fuck I you. put all my comments on the page. They were um, so I, I posted this saying, "What is scary." is that a lot of people in Christian culture would watch this and not see anything wrong with yeah. it. They go, we just need the basic stuff to help us get off the ground, and we're praying for $150,000. And I'm like, there are so many homeless people in Portland. And yeah. J- Jesus talked more about poor people and money than anything else. <laughs> I know. And they want to buy a fucking Jumbotron for their fucking cult. I know. And, th- and then that, then the one dude goes, we didn't used to have all this fancy stuff. It was just a cluster of people who love Jesus. And, and I put, I thought that sounded way better than what they're pitching here. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Is anyway. Is like defending it and saying we yeah. didn't used to have all this? What? Yes. So I not see the problem. Exactly. And so I put, you know, my point of that was like, what's scary is a lot of people will see this and not see the problem. So anyway, people yeah. were pissed about that. I got like 86 comments on that in just a few hours. So then this really made people mad because I found a Mars Hill video where they did a making of video, uh-huh. <laughs> making the video for a sermon intro, How which gross. it's How so indulgent. Just get the fucking message of Jesus out if that's what you're into. Thank you, Simone. That is exactly it. And so I posted this and I go, brace yourself for a hurricane of douche. And people got mad. <laughs> oh my God, they got mad. This one guy goes, okay, I understand this page is um, funny for when you post something cheesy that Christians do. But this isn't <laughs> douche. It's just art design. I feel as if this page is turning into a rant about Christians. Stick with the cheesy, oh. funny stuff, please. So oh, I gosh. replied to him just right under it. I go, this page is a rant against Christians, and you can follow it. You can unfollow any time. And then I go, yeah. I thought about it a little bit, and then I entered another one i go all art enters douche territory when the people who are creating the art to communicate a deeper truth are so taken with themselves that they're editorializing in self-satisfaction or what is prominent and then that obscures the deeper truth they're supposedly alluding to it is the ugliest thing on earth when this happens it's infinitely more ugly when the artists purport to be about god it's the definition of bad art defacement smugness and well douche (laughs) so nice um, input well, thank you, but this guy, Je- Jeff Landon, goes, Stephanie, it is clear that your pride is causing you to make far-reaching assumptions about people you don't know. Most people can see that without it being printed out. 
Your attempt at defending yourself seems to be more douche to me than the actions of those you accuse. It really is okay to admit that one of your posts may not have been as spot on as you initially thought. We all strike out from time to time. However, I have good reason to doubt you would ever admit that. It is clearly evidenced by the many who have disagreeably commented. Your page used to be a clever, funny commentary about how quirky Christians can be, but it seems to have turned more into a platform for your Mars Hill church bashing. Is there some reason that they have become your little pet project? Oh, God. And so I go... just so don't get the point. Isn't that funny? And it's so nice because there are a lot of people who get it, and they're, they're piping up for me, and I don't usually respond to that stuff, but I, I wrote them, I go... I go, I just have to call out cults as I see them. I've been in group therapy sessions with women who go to Mars Hill and they're shaking because they aren't even supposed to be there without their husband's permission, per their church membership covenant. The things they disclose are mind-blowing. The effects of Mars Hill are far-reaching and incredibly damaging, and my obligation to expose the abuse is inherent in noticing the problem. The douchiness, which is insincerity and smugness, is just a symptom of the true problem, which is being centered around a main charismatic figure which the members aspire to emulate and the strong pressure to conform to a lifestyle which isn't biblical. This also, These also happen to be the main characteristics of a cult. You don't have to be douchey to be a cult, but you can be a cult and be douchey, which Mars Hill is. But the true danger lies in their attracting people with a tractor beam and chewing them up inside. I know dozens of people who attend or have attended, so I'm not speaking as an outsider. And then he's, he kept talking about how I don't, I'm judging stuff from afar, you know. Yeah, I always, yeah. kills me when people accuse people you doing that or me or anybody when they're judging you from afar so it's no different yeah. they've got a bunch of information from the internet and they're judging you which is what they see as you judging something else from afar it's the same thing yeah. so you can just sort of if, you, if they're going to do it to you they have to realize that they're doing the same thing they're accusing you of so totally and shut the fuck and up. i like and i want to be able to go yeah i'm wrong like i want to be able to do that and um this this book i'm reading right now by richard Rohr. um it's called, um, oh God, I'm forgetting the title, but it's about learning to see as the mystic see. And he's a Catholic mystic and he's a mm -hmm. friar. And he um, was in Tibet um, at a monastery in Tibet. And he said they spend three years, the, fri the Catholic friars spend three years um, debating Buddhist teachings. And it starts out with them trying to find every negative thing they can think of that mm -hmm. could something, a negative side to a, to a Buddhist teaching or something. And then they do the positive side to every Buddhist teaching. And this takes three years. And the monks wow. all, st yeah, the monks all stand around them. And they'll kind of, uh, and they're always smiling. And they'll, they'll, they'll clap when um, the person's done saying whatever piece they're trying to speak. And, the, uh -huh. you know, three whole years of this. And I think that's so beautiful because. It's so amazing. It's so lost in our, in our culture and our way of doing things. Because nobody is really willing to examine things that. Exactly. That's sort of, you know, yeah, that's his with point. A, with a He's distance, like, they've already come in with a with a with a with an idea, and they just want to prove totally. it correct at any cost. And, yes, that's the and point. I, of this I, book. I always I always want to be right, but in the way that I want to be right because I went and found the right <laughs> answer. And if somebody yeah. points out that I have the wrong answer, I'll be like, oh shit, and then I'll switch to the new answer and try to be I right. Know. But I'm, it, it's it's never settling on it. It's constantly willing to change to to get to the truth or the correct yeah. answer that that you see but and that's so scary. many people that's are not interested in the truth at all they'll protect they'll hide from the truth because they want to uh, be right it's a pride thing pride yeah. comes in over uh, ahead of all that stuff it's like it doesn't yes. matter if this is wrong i just want to be right you know it's yes it's just very troubling it goes against every fiber of my being <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, it happens I, in like the most simplest of things. Like I explained to my mother, like my mother raised me to say uh, Stephanie and I for everything, you know. And mm. remember, I said something like that in a blog and you left in the comments because, you know, I'm a stickler. It's Greg and me because I'd said Greg and I. And I looked it up and like learned the rule for when you say Greg and me or when you say Greg and I. And then you, you can use did both. I, but my did I correct you? You corrected me. Oh yeah, my yeah. god! I tried so, not to do that to people. I'm surprised. That I did no, that. no, you should okay. totally do it because I want to fix it. So at first oh, I was like, "What okay. is she talking about?" And then I looked it up, <laughs> and then I realized I, in that context, the way I'd used it in that sentence, I should have said Greg and me, not Greg and I. <laughs> and then I explained this to my mom with the logic behind the rule, and she couldn't doesn't want hear to know it. about it. No, no, because you, you take the other person out of the sentence. So yeah. if you were gonna say. Um, you know, Stephanie came with Greg and me. If Greg wasn't there, like Stephanie came along with me, you know, but right. if, if, you know, if I said, you know, Stephanie came along with Greg and I, and then took Greg out and said, Stephanie came along with I, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. So you would never say that. So that's how you figure it out. So I, I explained this to her, how it doesn't get any more logical than that. Doesn't right. want to know about it. I'm not interested. Uh, so, yeah. Well, that's like, and I don't want to be that, as way. that So when it comes to your whole fucking spirituality, how can you be terrifying to be wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what he's saying, this Richard Rohr book. That, like, that's the point of the book is um, he's saying the whole Western um, mode of approaching everything, including religion and spiritual stuff, is very much like a debate style. Like, I'm going to prove you wrong because I am right. And he said, what's beautiful about this Eastern approach is mm -hmm. that they they weigh all the sides and and they come yeah. they come at it from an attitude of I could be wrong about this and like that's so and it's not how I was raised and yeah. it's not how it's nothing natural to people but it's so freeing no. when you can do it when I find myself being able to do it it's like I don't have to be defensive of these people telling me that my blog sucks and that I'm hurting Christianity and that I'm going to go to hell and I'm sending people yeah. to hell because <laughs> I don't I just don't need to defend myself because who knows you know yeah, so because those it's people just, are just uh, stuck on this one track that they want yeah, to prove. Yeah, so. and and they they don't know, and I don't know, and um and what's what's more important is being able to communicate with someone who do, who you do know and is right there. So yeah, um, that's what I'm just loving this book. I have to put it down like every few chapters because it's just causing this paradigm shift for me. I'm like, wow, that was heavy. I have to sit <laughs> with that for a little while. So it's good that it can do that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about another positive element of your blog, though, is that you've had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, atheists coming out uh, or at least saying that you've been a great support system for yeah. them coming out which is awesome so yeah I get a lot that of that yeah I got um, I get a lot of emails like that like people going towards or away from Christianity because of my blog uh -huh. and um, I love them all I think they're all fantastic because yeah I mean these people are they're looking at what is, you know, what's true for them and, and where they are and, and everything is valid. And that's my problem with Christian culture is that they don't say wherever you are is valid and your feelings of anger or whatever are, aren't valid. Like that's what they say to you. And, and I think that's totally not what it should be about. So I got this really beautiful email the other day. It was really long. And this girl was saying that um, she had told her parents she's in college and she still lives at home. And her parents uh -huh. said, we've noticed from your Facebook statuses that um, doesn't sound like you're a Christian anymore. What is going on? And she's like, so I had to come out to them about it. And they're so upset. You know, oh, they, they they just like really laid it on thick. And it's just and she has to live there with them. And they're yeah, uh, it's just it made me sick just having to read it. And she goes, but your blog is such a comfort to me because I email with the people who are there who read your blog and every you know, this is what's getting me through. <laughs> So that was really, really sweet, and it made yeah. me feel very happy. 
should. That's very nice. I know. Um, now, Stephanie, you mentioned to me that uh, you were out somewhere and some guy gave you a compliment and you had mixed <laughs> feelings about that. What's the story? Yes, it's the rude compliments thing. Where, rude um, compliment. <laughs> I was um, at my friend's birthday party at Havana Club um, uh -huh. on Capitol Hill. It's this little club that doesn't have any signs, so it was a total bitch trying to find it, but you feel cool once you get there because <laughs> uh -huh. there's like no way of knowing what it is in there. Anyway, we were outside, and, and some guy was um, introducing me to his friend from Philly. And I found that the guys from the East Coast, I don't know what you've if you've noticed this, but they will give you these compliments that, you, like, you could slap them for. Like, it seems like they wow. think that they're giving you a, a nice compliment. And and I can see Snooki or any of the girls from Jersey, Sh Jersey Shore to be told these things and think it was a total compliment, but... Uh -huh. I'm from Arkansas, and I'm like, they would never, the guys don't even say the F word in front of you in Arkansas, yeah. you know, in the South. So um, I was staying outside, and this guy's talking, he's a little drunk, and but he's being funny, he's not too bad, and we're talking for a while, and then he goes, yeah, I left my girlfriend at home, because how else am I going to come out and meet beautiful girls with big boobs and black dresses like you? Oh, <laughs> that's not okay. And I just go, Wow. <laughs> God, it's really crass too. I mean, yeah. what is he thinking? I oh. think that he was thinking that was going to get him somewhere with me, and um, oh. but yeah, at the same time, I'm not totally offended. Like, and I don't mind too much. But I'm like, yeah, holy, yeah, I know holy it's a weird shit. thing. It's like he he he's complimenting you, but it's kind of not okay. But um, I had one once. This is far. I think it's more crass than that. Yeah, what do you say? But um, it was in I was in Ottawa, and this uh, I was wearing a dress and white go go boots, and because I love wearing go go boots, because as I've said before, I love you know 60s style. So I'm wearing my go go boots, and I'm selling merch at this show. And this guy came up to me, he's like, "I love your go go boots," and I was like, "Oh, thank you." And he's like, "I'm gonna have to go away because I'm just gonna keep looking at those go go boots and." Pretty soon, that's all I'm going to be seeing on you. And oh like, my god! What? <laughs> you don't say that to a person. And he kind of like he just kind of like and he wasn't even smiling. Like he didn't even do like a nervous ha 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 afterwards. You know, he wow. just kind of said it all intense and then like walked away. And I'm like, don't come back. Was it cute? It was really awful. No, <laughs> he had a beard and looked like a kind of like a serial killer. Not like totally, <laughs> but just not someone you want to... No, it's, it's, it's funny because it wasn't as much of a compliment because he was so creepy, you know? Yeah. But... Yeah, but it, yeah, it's a weird thing where it's like, this is not cool, but I'm, I'm still glad I got a compliment, so. And one time I was on Gosh. a plane and I was sitting by the window and there's like these two fat businessmen that I had to like squeeze past to get to the aisle. And so I, you know, they would like lean way back and I'm like got my ass or my boobs and their face, depending which way I was going. And um, I was like, sorry, I don't mean to be giving y'all a lap dance. And they go, oh, that's okay. We wouldn't mind. That'd be great. You know? And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have, you know, I felt like guilty yeah. for that one. Yeah, that like I said that one up. And, but then I had to yeah. sit next to them the whole flight. And I'm like, shit, I feel oh. disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes we think we can say things because we're not as of the assumption that everyone thinks we're hot and, and wants <laughs> lap dances from us. So we think we can say that for a laugh and then don't realize. That, yeah. I was oh, just trying to shit. be funny. And then. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a. I think that's a, a problem that uh, we run into. Um, my first ever compliment that I got from a man really actually made me sad because oh. I was like 16 and I was like in downtown Melbourne and 
this homeless man who had like one massive, like he said it was one massive dreadlock. He was so <laughs> matted and disgusting. And he came up to me and goes, you're beautiful. And I was just like, oh, no man's ever said that to me before. And it was you. <laughs> Yeah, I really did not take that as a compliment, you know. Plus, I'm, you know, 16, so I'm a teenage bitch on top of everything. (laughs) Yeah, but that was sad. But yeah, but it's weird because no matter, yeah, you still kind of want that compliment from most of the time. I know. I have a problem with like wondering if if compliments from demented people on the street still count as compliments. Yeah, because you've had a you've had some demented um, fans, haven't you? I get a lot, but I think a lot of people get a lot. Because if you're like, I was asking David this, I'm like, okay, when you're drunk, do people look better, or are you just more honest about what you're what you're really thinking? Uh huh. He goes, oh, they look way better. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I hadn't really I hadn't really assessed that. I'm gonna try and assess that next time I'm out out and about and intoxicated. Which should be tomorrow. We're doing some sort of Oktoberfest activity, so I expect Aww. to be intoxicated. Yeah, so I'll tell you how the how the people yeah, of town look. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think on that uh, gorgeous note, uh, we should uh, wrap things up. So uh, please visit dongtini.com for any supplementary material. And also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dongtini. So until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Simone. Yeah.
You're still the same